So in the gospel account this morning, Mark is talking about a man who is possessed by an unclean spirit. And he writes in the first chapter of Mark, beginning at verse 21, he says, They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. So in order to kind of wrap our minds around this particular passage of Scripture, uh, it helps to understand what was going on in Capernaum uh, in this particular time. See, Capernaum was a significant settlement back in the day. It was by the lake that they called the Sea of Galilee. And it was important enough to have its own detachment of Roman troops assigned to help govern the area and keep order. It had a customs center for the regulation of trade and the collection of taxes for the Roman Empire. It had a resident Roman official who lived there in Capernaum who was responsible for governing the area. And it had a significant population. It was about 10,000 um, 10, people. Um, and so the synagogue in which Jesus was teaching in this particular passage was probably very well attended, could hold a large number of people. Now, the synagogue that's standing uh, on that ground now was built in the 4th century, but there was a synagogue before that, before the current one that's standing, and it had the same footprint, very large, very significant, very prominent building in Capernaum. And so it's important to understand that the right to stand up and preach and teach in a synagogue of that significance would have been controlled by the Jewish leaders of the synagogue. And so not just anyone could walk in, especially on a Sabbath, and preach. Jesus would have had to have been invited into the synagogue by the leaders to preach and teach on that particular Sabbath. So this account, if it is in fact Jesus' first public appearance, to speak publicly to a synagogue, Jesus would have had to have been someone who had gained the attention and the respect of the Jewish leaders of the day. 
so that they would have invited him to preach and teach and his reputation had been gained by the work that he had done in the region healing and preaching and teaching out there in the field with his disciples kind of paint the picture that that Jesus didn't just walk into the synagogue that day and say hey I'm preaching didn't work that way he was invited in and so it was well attended he had some notoriety in the community and everyone that was anyone was there in that synagogue to witness what was taking place all for the glory and honor of God listen to this so as Jesus preaches on this particular day in the synagogue Mark tells us that when the Sabbath arrived Jesus lost no time in getting to the meeting place with his disciples he spent the day there teaching and preaching and they were surprised at his teaching because it was so forthright it was so confident he wasn't quibbling and quoting like the, the religious scholars of the day. No, he was speaking as if he was the author and finisher of the faith. Significant. The Bible says this, the Torah says this, but I say unto you, right? You get the picture? He's preaching with authority. He's, he's, he's the author of the faith. And so suddenly, while still in the meeting place, he was interrupted by a man who was deeply disturbed and was yelling out, what business do you have here with us? Now, he's not talking about with us, the rest of the people there. He's talking about with us, me and my host of friends that are living inside of me. What business do you have here with us, Jesus, Nazarene? I know what you're up to. You're the Holy One of God, and you've come to destroy us. See, he has supernatural insight into Jesus' mission and purpose that the rest of the people gathered in that particular synagogue didn't have. You've come to destroy us. And Jesus shuts him up. He says, quiet. Get out of him. And so the spirit threw the man into spasms, protesting loudly, but still obeying Jesus's command, and he gets out. And then everyone there is buzzing with curiosity. What's going on here? This is a new teaching and it does what it says it's going to do. It's not just words. He shuts up defiling demonic spirits and he sends them packing. And because of that, the news of what Jesus is doing travels and is soon all over the region of Galilee. Now this account in Mark doesn't give us exactly what Jesus was preaching about that day. We don't know exactly what the topic was. But the implication here is that whatever it was, he was speaking with authority. He was speaking ideas and concepts that were different from what they had heard before. This wasn't the same old synagogue preaching. 
Whatever he was saying caught the attention of the people. It filled them with awe and with excitement. And apparently it filled the demons inside this one particular man with fear. And they recognized who Jesus was and what his mission was. And they were afraid. And Jesus made it clear that not only was his preaching and teaching delivered with authority, but that this authority was real. That he had power over the spiritual realm, commanding demons to release this man from bondage and to come out of him and leave him be. He spoke it and it happened. And so Jesus is bringing to Capernaum and indeed the whole world a new thing. A new thing. He was bringing with him the authority and the power to get the mission done. See, he has power over the physical and the metaphysical. He has power over the material and the spiritual. He has power over the temporal, the here and the now, and the eternal. Why? Because he's both fully human and fully divine at the same time. And so in this new thing that Jesus brings, there's a connection between authoritative teaching and authority over demons. There's a connection between authoritative teaching and authority over demons. I want you to grasp this concept this morning because this is the point. This is the reason why we assemble here and we preach the word of God. We don't make this stuff up. It comes right from here. This book, the Bible, I hope you own one. More than that, I hope you actually open it and read it occasionally because this is the authoritative word of God and it has power. Authoritative teaching that was founded in Jesus Christ, who is the word, the Holy One of God. It has power over demons. It has power over all demons everywhere, including those that have embedded themselves in the lives of the people. What people, Pastor? Well, all people who are living and struggling in this fallen, broken world right now today. Those people, us, all of us. Are you struggling with demons this morning? Do you have a demon of addiction influencing you today? Do you have a demon of sadness, a demon of loneliness, a demon of brokenness, a demon of poverty, a demon of illness, a demon of covetousness, a demon of laziness, a demon of gluttony? Well, you get the idea. Whatever is your vice, whatever is your struggle, whatever unholy, ungodly thing you might be involved in that you can't tell your wife or your mother or your husband about, whatever demonic influence is in your life or worse still, in your children or grandchildren's lives, whatever those demonic influences and in the worst cases, demonic possessions, as in the case in this account, 
And if you don't believe demonic possession is a real thing in this fallen, broken world, I'm here to tell you I've seen it. All of that can be overcome by engaging in the authoritative teaching that comes from the Holy Word, the Bible. Let me say that again. All of that can be overcome by engaging in the authoritative teaching that comes from this. It's not just a book. It is the living word. And that's why church attendance is so important. That's why your job as a minister of the faith to spread the gospel out there where they need it is so important. That's why communion and prayer are important. That's why attending Bible study is important because authoritative teaching has power, transformative, restorative, redeeming, healing power that exercises the demons from your experience and puts you in a position of power and authority over those attacks because the name and the authority of Jesus Christ gives you that authority. He gives it to you. It is your mandate and mission, period, end of story. He has given you the authority over the demons that afflict you and others. And that's why I don't just pitch things like Wednesday night Bible study because it makes the church numbers look good. I don't encourage people to come because it gives us all something to do on Wednesday nights other than watch TV. I encourage people to come because the authoritative teaching of the word of God exercises the demons looking for a way to get between you and your eternal salvation. Your relationship with the one true God. That's what they're looking to do. Satan is looking to devour those who he can or at the very least unleash hell on earth for you while he is able. There is power and there are promises in the word of God, the authoritative teaching that is provided to us through the Bible. James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. He's talking to all of us. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. You can't live two lives. You can't be Mr. and Mrs. Perfect Christian on Sunday and then live something different out there during the week. Luke 10, verse 19, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. 
I have given you authority, he says. John 17, 15 and 16, Jesus said, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. He's praying to the Father. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. See, you are not of this world. You're in it, but you're not of it. Because you belong to Jesus, who is not of this world. You have been given authority through the name and the word of Jesus over the spiritual forces of evil seeking to destroy you. And so use that power. Use that gift. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.